morning. Good morning. Yay. Okay. I always feel very fidgety with this <laughs> attached to me. So if I do this, just ignore that. Um, so we, um, who all was here last week? Lots of you. Oh my gosh. It was so good. If you have not listened, go and listen. It was so good. It was Mel. Such a phenomenal word. Mel's words are always phenomenal. Um, but just be, you know, get yourself in a place where you can just get wrecked and ball your eyes out. <laughs> this is one of those kind of words, just so you know. Don't listen to it at work or something. Um, so my plan today was to kind of just pick up where we left off last week. That was good. <laughs> oh, because it was so good. And I just feel, I think we all feel like there's something just stirring um, with that and why we're kind of entering into this. Oh, yeah, it's up there. Open Bibles, Open Altars series. Um, and, yeah, so I just want to say, like, the front is open. If you just want to soak, I, I got soaking music going um, because I love to soak at all times. <laughs> um, but if you just want to come up here, like, right now, you don't even have to listen to anything I'm saying. Like, if you just want to soak and just receive, we don't have to have, like, a perfectly orchestrated word or, like, this perfect teaching you know, to encounter the Lord or to feel the pull of what the Lord's doing in your heart and life. So at any point, like we, we kind of pride ourselves in creating an atmosphere of just freedom for people to just worship. And there's no judgment here. Like I love that. That's one of the things I'm most proud of about who we are is just creating a space of freedom for Holy Spirit to just do anything. It doesn't matter what it looks like. We're not going to put them in a box or quantify anything. <laughs> so if you need to like lay prostrate before the Lord, you have freedom to do that um, at any point at any time. So um, I've actually had a word on my heart about communion. Um, and so then when we kind of shifted into this series, I was like, I feel like this feels right with the timing. Um, so I want to talk about communion and belonging with God and just walking out devotion with God um, and fellowship with him. And one of the primary ways that we do that um, through our prayer life with him. Uh, in John chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus says, this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So Jesus himself says that this is the, the meaning of eternal life. This is the essence of life, to know him. To know your creator, the person who made you and gives you purpose. And when we are reconnected with him, with our creator, we as creations are fulfilled. And the primary way that we know and commune with God is through prayer. Prayer is the way that God has given us to have relationship with him, to listen to him, to speak to him, and to fellowship with him. Prayer is the practical walking out of a love relationship with God. Um, so I'm going to read some different scriptures where Jesus shows us this life. <laughs> In Matthew 14, 23, it says, After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray later that night when he was there alone. 
we see Jesus prioritizing prayer. He's giving us an example of dismissing distraction. And we're surrounded by so much noise in the world. That was good timing. <laughs> um, in our lives, um, that's totally kidding. But um, with just emails and texts and people and social media and all of those things are not bad in themselves when they're in order. Um, but there's a problem when we allow those things to disturb our peace and our thought life. And if they stand in between our ability to prioritize prayer. If we can't contemplate, if we can't pray, we need to dismiss distraction like Jesus did. We see him going up the mountain. I love this picture that, and I love that he did it this way. He went up a mountain, he elevated, like cleared his mind to go and lift his mind. Paul says in Colossians to lift our minds and set our minds on things above. So he pauses temporal busyness like Martha and reordered his priority of communing with the Lord like Mary did. Constantly, Jesus is seen leaving to go and pray, to withdraw and pray. Uh, Luke 5, 15 and 16, we see again where Jesus would constantly and normally just go away to pray, quiet his mind, elevate himself, and go and pray and commune with the Father and Holy Spirit. And Jesus is our example. So we are designed for this type of prioritization of communion. So... Um, I looked up the word prayer. It comes from an old French word, meaning to prior, to petition, or to request. But really, it's a Latin word that means to ask or beg. That's the origin of the word prayer. But our spiritual kind of theological definition, it's, it's a turning of our hearts to God. And it's something that's so foreign to our world to be still. <laughs> to be still, to bow down, to release and to trust in the one that is trustworthy. Prayer is ultimately an expression of love for God. Uh, when you love someone, you spend time with them. Um, what marriage does anyone know that works where they don't spend time together or if they're at dinner and they're on their phones and not communicating, um, and they're not talking, there's no relationship happening. A relationship where you're ignoring the other person is not a healthy one, and uh, spending time in prayer is saying, Lord, I'm aware of you. I'm aware of you today, I'm aware of your presence with me. I don't wanna ignore you, Lord. Thessalonians 5, 15 and 16 says, rejoice always, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is his will for us. It's laid out there. <laughs> his will is for communion for us. His will is for us to pray unceasingly. God is worthy of our adoration, our affection, and devotion. He's worthy of our time and spending time in prayer with him. Um something that Jeremy kind of touched on um, two Sundays ago when we kind of opened all this up. Um, I was reading and I just thought this was really interesting. In 1 Timothy 4, 16, Paul's writing to Timothy and he says, watch your life and doctrine closely, persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourselves or yourself and your hearers. So another version says, take heed to himself so Paul's telling Timothy, take heed to yourself and then to the doctrine. 
So we see this today. We see people ministering and ministering and then suddenly something comes out to show their internal life is a mess and show something eventually shows their character. And Paul tells Timothy that it is more important that he minister to himself first so that he can then minister to others. And in doing so, he will not only save himself, but others also. And I was like, why, why, you know, why is this Paul's advice? Why do ministers seem so wonderful for so long? And then they collapse. Um, There's an interior problem. There's an intimacy problem. It's a problem with the heart and they have not put themselves first to take care of their soul first with the Lord and stewarded the relationship that they have with the Lord before their ministry. And God cares more about the minister than he does about the ministry. (laughs) Um. So many times we can be so aware of what needs to be done externally, like what needs to be fixed and done and corrected in others and in the world around us. But sometimes God's saying, I want you to be internally aware, internally aware of what I want to do in you because that is the greatest work. We're called to be prostrate before the Lord and to be okay being a mess before him. <laughs> in fact, we, we welcome that here. We're not, nobody's like, Oh, look at them. It's like, whoa, look at them. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Holy Spirit is God with us. We can actually experience and commune with the person of God here right now. He's been sent to be with us and to dwell within us. John uh, 14, 16 and 17 says, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. He will be continually in you, with you, at your side. The Holy Spirit is, he's not a force, he's a person. He's our friend. And when we look at our best friends and our spouse, I feel like we all, I say this, I've heard people like, it's like, oh, that person just gets me. They know me, they see me, they get me. It's like, God gets you. (laughs) He knows you, he sees you. He is the one who really, really gets you. And the Bible is the words of Holy Spirit. He wrote the Bible but we cannot even put Bible reading ahead of prayer as a substitute for prayer and communion because something crazy happens and this is not gonna happen, but they come and the communist government, uh, they take our Bibles away, (laughs) you know? But if you develop your prayer life, they can't take your prayer life away from you. They cannot take away the presence of God from you. You can be completely stripped of all your possessions, but no one can take away your prayer life. It's the most important thing that we have. So build your prayer life, guard it, protect it, adjust your life around prayer with God and knowing him. Our thought life, I had this just vision of this just ever streaming like consciousness of just connection and communion with the Lord. Like that's what our thought life should be like a state of such like oneness where we commune with him in all things. And even if I'm, I was trying to think of like a way to 
just explain, sometimes it's hard to explain like your internal prayer life in community with the Lord. But I was like, man, I, even when I'm listening to like secular music and, or like reading poetry or like at a store, like I encounter God and commune and talk to him all the time in those spaces. And he wants to be encountered in those things because he is in all and through all things. Like he is just ready and waiting. We just have to awaken our awareness that he is there and he wants to commune with us in those things. That's what it means to like pray unceasingly, (laughs) to just be in that constant communion and talking and prayer with him at all times. He is ready and longing to encounter us at every moment. Um, The disciples, they didn't say teach us how to read the Bible. They said, teach us how to pray. (laughs) Teach us how to fellowship with you. You can know the word of God. Even the devil knows the word of God. Um, But to know him, to know his heart, to fellowship and commune with him, then you will read the word of God through such a different lens. (laughs) So um, I wanted to have a lot of time and space. We had talked about kind of having it feel like, I don't know if you guys have, I mean, a lot of you have been to the prophetic rooms, but that's kind of a space of just, soaking and uh, receiving and just communing with the Lord. And we do have a prophetic team that comes around and and gives words. Um, But that's always been like my primary kind of vision is that there would be just like this umbrella of space of just you walk in and you just commune and rest and just pray. (laughs) And um, so that's what we're gonna do this morning. Um, I'm going to just, yeah, step aside and let us have a time of communion with the Lord. Um, because too, I was talking with Wes and he was like, you know, street ministry, it's just like a, um, it like builds faith for it to be every day. And I love, I never thought about this. He was like the prophetic rooms, like that's what they do. They build faith for that to be like every day, all the time. And so that's what we're going to do this morning is have a space to just kind of um, be like we're in the prophetic rooms and just receive and commune with the Lord and be okay with stillness and to be okay with just lifting our minds on things uh, above and casting our cares before him um, and share with him and talk to him like he's the person that gets you, like he's the person that knows you (laughs) because he is. Um, So, pops of fuel. I have um, one of my favorite worship artists we're going to listen to. I just invite you to just come forward or come to the sides or wherever you want to just, if you want to lay across some seats and just commune and just encounter uh, the Lord. Um, Yeah, Jesus, we just, we turn to you. We choose intimacy with you. We choose abiding Yeah, we choose to be aware, to have spirits that are aware and awake and ready to just commune with you at all times and be present. We thank you that nothing can, nothing can take away the presence of God and just cultivating the presence of God in our hearts and around us. fellowship is our portion. Communion with you is our portion. No matter where we are, we just say we will be a people that will 
dismiss distraction and go up the mountain with you.